Well, thanks for joining with us again today as we continue in our series looking at the greatest commandment. And over the last few weeks, we've looked at this great commandment to love the Lord our God with all of our heart and mind, with all of our soul and with all of our today, we're looking at our strength. So over the last few weeks, we've looked at what it means to love God with our hearts, that center, our kind of like executive center, our will that determines so much of what we do in life. To love God with our mind, to submit all of our thinking to his glorious, to his glory and to his glorious service. To love God with our soul, that part of us that relates to God, that supernatural spiritual part of us which goes on forever to love God with our soul. And today we think about what it means to love God with our strength. I think there's a really important reason why that came at the end, because I think if we can work out how to love God with our heart and our soul and our mind, then it will naturally flow that we will love God with all of our strength as well. The Greek word for strong in the New Testament is quite tricky to pronounce, ischus, ischus, strong. And it means to be able to do something. It's talking about our capabilities, our abilities. Uh, also, our very health is our strength because with our health and our vitality, we can do lots of things. When we look at the way the equivalent word is used in the Old Testament, it there is used in reference to things like physical strength, talks about the, you know, the strength of the Israelite army or you know Samson, the character in the Old Testament who was super strong, uh, the word is used of him. Um, it's used of God, of divine strength. Um, it's used of intellectual strength. In the, in the book of Proverbs, wisdom is equated to strength. I'll read to you from Proverbs chapter 8, verse 14. Counsel and sound judgment are mine. I have insight. I have power. So our wisdom can be our strength. In the New Testament, it's quite a common word and it refers to the strength and the power of living creatures. There are some interesting nuances in the book of Hebrews in chapter 6 and 11 where it talks about um, Christian people being made strong out of weakness and God giving strong encouragement towards our hope, which is, you know, there's some beautiful nuances. But generally, it's about our strength, our power um, as, as people. In, in Mark chapter 14 and Matthew chapter 26, Jesus uses the word when he's speaking to the disciples and he comes back and he's disappointed with them and he says, you know, were you not able to stay awake and to watch just for an hour? Able, this word able, that's translated able, that is this Greek word for strong. Well, you're not able to commit all of your ability uh, to just staying awake for an hour and watching. In Acts 10, it's used in reference to Jesus. God anointed Jesus with strength and with power, and he used that strength and power to go about doing good works and to heal and to bring freedom for the oppressed. So loving God with all of our strength is about us deploying our abilities um, in the service of that love of God, using those abilities that God has given us as a vehicle, an expression, a way of loving God. There's a, a significant reference, I think, in 1 Chronicles chapter 29. It says, talks about God being strong and God giving strength. 
1 Chronicles 29 verse 12, wealth and honour come from you. You are the ruler of all things. In your hands are strength and power to exalt and give strength to all. So it's a wonderful verse which talks about God as being strong. If we want to know what strong is, think about God. It's part of one of his characteristics. But also that God gives strength to all. Jesus, of course, is our model for how to fulfill this command. Jesus fulfilled this command to love the Father with all of his heart and his mind and his soul and all of his abilities. Jesus, we read, never sinned, so we can be confident that Jesus did fulfill this command. So what did it look like for Jesus to fulfill this command? Well, when we think about Jesus, Jesus was like us, uh, ordinary actually in many ways, um, forgettable by some, unbelievable to others. You know, there were, there were people who, who challenged him and who said, uh, said of him, who is that? Is that, is that like Joseph's son, the carpenter? And in many ways, Jesus was ordinary. In many ways, Jesus was not, you know, the kind of superhero that we see in movies today. He was overcome by the Pharisees. He was crucified. His public ministry only lasted three years. We can look at those from different angles, but in many ways, Jesus was ordinary, but he fulfilled this command. Um, it's great encouragement to us all that this is not about being a superhero. We can all love God with our abilities. The thing with Jesus is that he committed all of his strength, all of his ability, he committed it to the love of the Father and the Father's agenda, the Father's mission to save humanity. He committed all of his ability and strength to the love of the Father, fellowship with the Father and with the Spirit. And God in turn anointed Jesus and gave him, uh, God the Father anointed Jesus and gave him more strength, more ability in order to do good work, in order to serve, um, to serve the Father's plans for the world. Well, let's take this command and think about ourselves. We are to love God with all of our strength. Love the Lord your God with all your strength. Let's pose it as a question to ourselves. Do you, do I, do you love God with all of your strength? It's a deeply challenging question, isn't it? It sounds undoable. <laughs> it sounds impossible. Um, but remember, it's not about being the strongest. It's about whatever ability God has given us already, whatever abilities we have, we can use them. We can use them to love God back um, in a very natural way. So are we giving back to God those abilities that God has given us, all of our strengths, all of our health and vitality? Are we using that to say, this is the way I love God because I, I use what God has given me? in order to love him back. Um, and I do that by loving God, loving fellowship with God, loving God's people, loving God's world, uh, being committed to God's mission. All of those things, my talents, I bring them. All those things that people say, oh, you're good at, you know, you fill in the blank. You're good at, are you using that to love God? Deeply challenging. 
I fear for you as listeners feeling guilty. I don't want to make you feel guilty. I want to inspire you. So let, we'll get to that in a moment. But you know, initially I think this can make us feel guilty, um, especially if, if you're one of the people who declined doing some serving role at church this week, you know, or you've said no to someone. Um, you know, I don't, want to, I don't want you to feel guilty. And I wouldn't even dare ask this question of you. But it's not me asking. It's God. It's God who's making this demand. It's Jesus who says this is the greatest command for us. Love God, the Lord our God, with all your strength. Doesn't matter if you're 15 or 50 or 85. God would not command what we could not do. He makes it possible for us to fulfill this command too, to love God with all of our strength. What might that look like for you? If you were able to tick that box and say, yes, I'm using all of my abilities to love God. Um, it might mean, for example, if your abilities are in the medical field, that you're thinking, how can my role, my current role, uh, be an expression of my love for God? Or you might be thinking entrepreneurially, with all of my medical gifts, could I go and start a hospital somewhere where it's needed? Could I use that to love God by loving God's world? What would it look like for me in my family to use all of my abilities, all of my healthiness, my strength? What would it, you, what would it mean to use those in my family as an expression of love for God? What would it look like in my relationships to be loving God through them with all of my ability? What would it look like in my community, in my church, in my decision-making, in my spending and the way I allot my time? What would it look like for me as I allot my time to use my time to, to measure my days and to use those as a vehicle to love God back. God has given you ability, vitality, whatever you've got, you can use it to love God back. But it's not easy. And I want to suggest three great challenges that every person needs to overcome in order to fulfill this command, to love God with all of our strength. Firstly, we must get over our individualism. Um, anthropologists talk about how different cultures can be individualistic or more community focused. Eastern culture tends to be more, more community focused, more others centered, but Western culture is very individualistic. And by individualism, um, they're talking about uh, an individual's drive to act on their private interests to look after themselves. So the temptation for all of us in the West will be, let's use our ability to serve our own interests, you know, to build our own little empire, to look after our own little family, rather than thinking about God, big thoughts about God and the world and the community that God's placed us in. It's not that, um, it's not that in the West, we don't serve God and use our abilities in the service of others as well. Remembering that Jesus said, you know, when you serve, when you serve any of these, you're serving me, you're loving me. 
Um, it's not that we don't volunteer. I read about a study that was written up by New York University that showed that in America, it was in the early 2000s, I think maybe about 2007, um, they'd done some research and worked out that 26% of the population in America had served in some voluntary capacity, serving in their community or whatever, or their local church, wherever it was. Um, so 26%, that's millions of people. So, you know, there's plenty of people in the West who are volunteering, but 26% makes you think, well, that's like, that's that's a lot of people. That's over that's over 70% who are not volunteering in an entire year can't say yes I volunteered this year and this the the researchers also found that um, a good third of volunteers actually give up after a year they say after a year I'm no longer available for whatever the volunteering was so we have some really big challenges to overcome in the West around our individualism we must get over ourselves as it were in order to love God with all of our strength it's a big barrier for us, perhaps bigger than it is for some other cultures. This last week, I visited one of our uh, parishioners who lives in the hostel at Fairview, which is one of our aged care centres in our community. Um, his name is Bert. He'll be well known to some of you who are watching this. And Bert, um, uh, the thing is, he wouldn't be known to many of the young people in our church. He, he used to live across the road from church. And Bert, over the years, he's now in his 80s, but Bert has, um, Bert has served the local church as a handyman on parish council, as a church warden, as the church photographer. When I visited him, there was a, a framed plaque on, on his wall, uh, which was a thank you from this church for all of his service. But not only did he serve his church, he was a volunteer firefighter for many years. Um, he volunteered with St. John Ambulance and Red Cross. These days, we would say to someone like Bert, Bert, you've got to learn to say no. Um, but Bert managed to do all of those things and to have and to have a family with five children, and yet to do all of those wonderful acts of service, all of that can't be explained simply by the fact that we seem to be a bit busy these days, busier. Um, there is something in our thinking, there is something in our whole worldview that is deeply challenged by this command to love God with all of our strength. Second challenge, I think, is to approach the command as Jesus did. So remember the context, an expert in the law, uh, in the, legal, the law of the commandments of God, really, comes to Jesus and says, what's the greatest commandment? So there were hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of laws that the Jewish people tried to follow. And in answering the question, Jesus does this beautiful thing of taking everyone's gaze off the laws, the hundreds, of, take them off the law itself, you know, let's not talk about the things we must do. It takes our gaze off that and instead turns our gaze towards heaven, towards God, towards the Father who first loved us. Love the Lord your God. That's the first part of this sentence. Love the Lord your God. When we focus on that, um, when we love God with our, with our heart and our mind and our soul, I think there's a reason this one, the strength, the abilities comes at the end because when we, when, we, when we devote ourselves to loving God, using our abilities is going to flow naturally, not out of a sense of compulsion, not, not driven by guilt, but driven innately 
by this wonderful relationship, this depth of relationship, this depth of love that we have for God. So I think let's approach this as Jesus did and as Jesus modelled for us. Dive into that relationship with God and we know we have the mechanisms for doing that. Pray. We need to pray while we're on our own, not just when we're with other people or at church. We need to read God's word. Those two things, reading God's word and private prayer, private reading of scripture, private prayer, they are the keys that unlock a relationship that is increasingly mm, characterised by depth with, with the Father and with the Son and the Spirit. And when we do that, using our abilities for God, it's going to come naturally. So let this be the year that we dive deeper into our love of God, into that relationship with God. But the third challenge I want to mention is that I think we need to have some clarity about where our church, which for you might be Warrigal or you might be watching from somewhere else, your local church, where it fits into you obeying this command. Where does your local church fit in? Because, you know, the church is not our only way to love God with all of our strength, but it is part of the way and it is an essential part and it's designed by God. God has given us a family. God describes the church as his family and therefore the people at church are like our brothers and sisters. And the church is this wonderful, um, sorry to use the word again, wonderful vehicle for us to express our love for God by loving our brothers and sisters, by serving our church and, and the mission, because it's part of serving God's bigger mission in the world. So like we can't love God in any significant way without loving God's children, without loving the family that we are a part of. Um, it would be, you know, to say, oh God, I love you, but I can't really stand those people at church. Oh God, I, you know, I just, when I go, I go for, you know, for me, for some teaching. That would be like someone in your own uh, biological family saying, I don't really care about you. I'm just here because you feed me or you clothe me. I'm just here for, for what I can get, gain from it. Um, you know, God has invited us into his family. Um, Jesus said that uh, we are to love our brothers and sisters. So there's three great challenges to get over ourselves enough as Western Christians uh, to somehow overcome this great individualism which we have inherited, created, we swim in all day, all week. Uh, we need to get over that and to approach this command as Jesus did, loving God, diving deeper into that relationship so that these things simply become the natural fruit um, out of that relationship and to think about how we can in in simple or not so simple ways uh, love God through our service in the local church. Um, we so need people to serve in the church. Um, we so need you to do that uh, in order that the church can go on, in order that the church can go on to teach children of the next generation about Jesus in order that the church might be part of God's bigger mission in its community and in the world, in order that as a church we can support our missionaries. All of that requires each one of us to love God with our abilities. What a challenge. Let me close in prayer for us. Heavenly Father, thank you for inviting us into your family 
Thank you, Lord, for the salvation that you bring us in Jesus Christ. Thank you, Lord, that no matter what we actually do, you love us. You loved us first. And because of Jesus, you will always love us and accept us. And yet, Lord, you also challenge us today. Holy Spirit, transform us. Dwell in us that we might have this wonderful, loving fellowship with Father, Spirit and Son. And as a consequence of that, that all that we do with our abilities is a natural outflow of that. What a blessing that will be. What a blessing. I pray in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen.